Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another WM32 Football podcast episode. And today it's myself and Nelson, who has just waved to you all. Um, we are going to be covering the groundbreaking deal that happened yesterday for women's football. Um, so for those of you that missed it, or in case you missed it or have not seen it, uh, women's football, uh, the WSL, the Women's Super League here in England, will um, now be shown live on Sky Sports and the BBC as of September. So that will come into play for next season. Um, so Nelson, um, as I mentioned, a really, really big deal here for the game, uh, women's football, especially in this in this country. Just run us through a little bit more on the on the details of of what's of what was announced yesterday. No worries. Thank you, Wes. Um, great to, for everyone to be here. Um, yeah, a game-changing, revolutionary deal in my in my eyes with this deal. Uh, so from the beginning of September 2021, so the 2021-2022 season, uh, Sky Sports will show at least 35 women's Premier League, uh, Super League uh, games exclusively live. Um, I think BT, around 20, 20 games that they will be shown live. But again, a groundbreaking deal, which is roughly eight million pounds per season. Uh, this deal, um, so this is amazing. Since obviously, would you believe that the ten years ago, actually April twenty eleven, was the inaugural WSL season, um, which began with just eight teams played throughout the summer. So this is a completely game changing thing. So those are uh, some of the details on uh, this uh, rev- uh, groundbreaking deal. Yeah, no, thanks for that, Nelson. And obviously with the the money now, the finances that are, are going to come into play, you with your, your finance hat on, uh, literally, um, <laughs> literally, um, what do you feel like the impact of this deal is going to have on not only clubs, say, in the WSL, but but those in the, in the Women's Championship as well? Because I do believe that they, uh, within this deal, that some games from that particular division uh, will also be shown uh, maybe on Sky Sports or... Uh, the BBC um, as well. So just with your finance hat on, how do you think this is going to impact the the clubs um, financially, um, like I say, from, from the top league and, and the championship as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously we look at men's football, for instance, today and, you know, one of the commercial streams, one of the most, one of the streams of income for revenue comes from broadcasting. And we know how big that is within men's football and the commitment that broadcasters have. Uh, I think this impact is huge on clubs. Um, I think it's another, like, again, this is now another source of revenue for clubs, as well as, you know, the match day that they would have got pre, pre-COVID as well. Um, so this is a, a, amazing in the sense that, you know, now the women's football, there is a commitment from broadcasters to be able to, show these games, like I said, exclusively live on one of the biggest broadcasting um, channels ever to do football, which is obviously Sky Sports, uh, as well as BBC. So um, for clubs, this is great as well. If championship, that's a lot more exposure for teams in the championship as well. Um, Not just the Women's Super League, but yeah, you've got the championship also. So I think that it gives a platform uh, for a lot more coverage to be done on uh, a sport, especially in, women, in the women's side that hasn't got a lot of love. You know, like I said, it started in April 2011. And just to see that slowly rise and um, see it now come to the point where 
you know, we have this deal being announced. It's, for me, it's amazing, um, absolutely amazing. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think um, in regards to the deal, the impact that it will have on the clubs? I think it will be absolutely fantastic. Um, and it was kind of leading on to my next point that I was going to ask you, actually. But I feel like it's going to safeguard not only the some of the clubs, because not all of them that compete in the WSL and the championship are affiliated with the men's team or, you know, the women's team is at perhaps a higher level than what the men's team um, are. So I feel like, you know, this particular deal is obviously fantastic for women's football. Um, I think the last World Cup, we saw a massive boom in terms of TV audiences as well um, and, and, and whatnot, um, you know, record-breaking numbers for, for some games uh, in there. But I feel like as well, it might even help safeguard some player futures um, I think we've seen, mm. you know, a lot of changes within women's football um, in terms of player movement, because I think clubs can only really offer them maybe one, two year deals, two year contracts. Um, so, you know, there's that having to keep re-signing, re-signing every, nearly every year or every couple of years, whereas now clubs might be able to um you know, sustain longer contracts for longer periods of time, having known that they're getting, you know, some form of, of TV money and broadcasting money coming in. Obviously, as you mentioned in the men's game, it's, you know, probably one of the more powerful um, revenue streams. So to be able to get something in the women's game, obviously it's not the big numbers in terms of the men's game, but it is something and it's a start, I think, for, for women's football, certainly in this country. Um and yeah, I mean, as you said as well, the the rise of, of women's football, certainly since since 2011, but even as I mentioned after that, the recent World Cup has just been just been fantastic. Um, obviously, from an England perspective, we we are hosting the the Women's Euros, um, which I believe is yeah. which was due to be this summer, but because of COVID, it's been put back a year, um, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, again, to have that, we're hoping that it will inspire. Um, you know, young girls up and down the country to to get involved and, and play football. I know I'm really excited for it as well because my home, my hometown, my home city of Milton Keynes is one of the host uh, stadiums. So, uh, provided that the work schedule allows it, um, I will certainly be trying to to get to watch a couple of games um, because I think it's just it's just brilliant. It's just so uplifting. Obviously, um, you know, women within sport have it tough. Um, in terms of trying to get themselves noticed a lot of the time when actually they do know their stuff. Um, and, you know, women can play football just as good as men, but it doesn't, you know, the perception isn't, isn't always the same. Um, yeah. So I feel like, but having this particular deal now, Sky Sports, as you mentioned, one of the biggest um, sports broadcasters, um, certainly in this country, now buying into women's football and making that commitment to women's football um, I think is is going to be huge. Obviously, we had the the sponsorship with Barclays um, a couple of seasons yeah. ago as well. Um, so again, you're getting that commitment now from sponsors, having seen having seen the the value proposition. I think of the sport in terms of women's football. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's I think it's fantastic, um, and hopefully, again, we might see more teams becoming becoming professional um, as well. Obviously, the majority of I believe yeah. it's not all of the the WSL are professional, and there's a couple of clubs as well in the in the championship. But when I look at that particular division, you you can see almost the difference in 
the teams that are full-time and professional and those that aren't because usually those that are at the top end and unfortunately for the ones that aren't they are they are down the bottom and do you do yeah. you echo that do you see potentially more strength in depth now in the in the women's game or just off the back of this particular deal 100% I, absolutely 100% I do see an improve uh, an improvement coming along I just don't I the, tra- the trajectory, I don't think, is ever going to go down. I think it's continue. It's going to continue to rise, especially with women's football. Um, so I do see a strength, uh, an improvement in teams. I do hope as well that there is going to be an expansion of the amount of teams that will be able to participate in leagues because obviously we can't really have 12. But I do see it getting to a point where it's like the men's football when you have 20 teams and they play each other twice this season. I think that, again would completely raise the profile um, of the league. So this is something that um, I'm really happy to, to see. And yeah, I, I completely echo what you said, uh, the, the improvement in strength. Yeah, no, brilliant. I think as well, Nelson, now just moving on to almost role models um, within, within the women's game, um, do you potentially see that they are going to be more role models for young girls um you know that are looking now at this and you know potentially wanting to get into football or they play football but don't necessarily have the the role models there do you now see off the back of this particular deal um and the exposure that the, that the league is going to get you know more more role models for for young girls that like i say wanting to get involved or or are involved in football completely um i think that's one of the reasons why i think you could you could see why, but I don't know what went in behind Sky wanting to invest more and make a commitment to obviously broadcasting the women's Super League. But you can't help but look at yeah, the, one of the really main important factors is that this is gonna like inspire a lot of young girls, a lot of young girls. You mentioned uh, really well the the World Cup and the amount of uh, viewers that you know watched uh, that World Cup and. I think this is only going to increase participation. I think participation increased uh, uh, from that World Cup and I just see the numbers going up. Um, I know you will obviously expand on yourself and you actually coaching a number of uh, uh, young female players, but that in itself, like now you can have players that are going to see, they can become, they can they're going to see their favourites pop up and they'll be like, I want to be like her. I want to be like her. I want to be like her. And that is really empowering. Um, it's really empowering to see that, you know, these young girls can now look up and see on the TV and be like, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to get home, watch the, you know, the exclusive like 4.30 kickoff of a WSL, like that, that kind of conversation, that kind of, you know, in our everyday is like, I can see that happening within, um, like in, in general between men and women, but especially for women, just to be like, yeah, this is something, this is definitely going to change a lot of uh, childhoods. Cause I think, um, one thing that I read um, on the article was that uh, Steph Hutton, uh, she mentioned that, you know, she wanted the increase uh, in, uh, in profile. She said it was, it was going to raise the profile of the game, um, of the players. Um, she said she wanted to be on, she wanted the players to be under that spotlight on, and have the same scrutiny as the men's. Um, but she mentioned that individual performances will also be highlighted. So this is where now I think not just only inspire 
um, get, you know, young girls across the country. But I think their knowledge of the game will also improve by just sitting there watching and the analysis that's now going to be put in, actually. Uh, you mentioned now we have a lot of female pundits coming through. You have Karen Kearney, Alex Scott. These are the number that are on high-profile broadcasting channels, like actually giving their analysis on the men's game. And, and that in itself, I think, will just really help a young woman, like, really... I guess it will just kind of increase the passion that they really have, you know, for the game um, on top of, you know, them just watching it because they love the sport. So yeah, uh, that's all I kind of have to say right now. And I think, but I'll let you expand on uh, yourself. What, what do you think regarding, you know, the, the impacts of, on young, on young girls today? Yeah. I think in terms of the role models, you know, you mentioned there obviously about the female pundits covering the men's game um and you know some of them are actually really really knowledgeable but they get so much stick and it's like well hold on a minute they make probably better points than some of the male pundits um exactly you know, in, in, when they're covering certain games but I think now as you said you know they're gonna really channel that passion that energy into women's football and I don't think it'll be as I don't think they will be as scrutinized as much as they potentially are when covering a men's game because it's like well they're kind of covering their own their own thing if that makes sense yeah um you know they're covering their own sport in a way obviously we know it's it's football and it shouldn't really be men's and women's but obviously perception is is that it is very very split at the moment but i think now with sky um bringing bringing the money the finances into into this into the leagues and whatnot you're almost gonna see the le- the playing field trying to be leveled off a little bit obviously majority of women's super league games and championship games at the moment are played on Sundays. Um, you know, with the men's game, obviously we know super Sunday, um, kind of dominates, dominates that at the moment. So we might almost have it side by side or, you know, they might allocate different slots for women's games and, and as opposed to men's games. So a lot more people now might get better educated by watching women's football. Should they, should they choose to do so? But I think in terms, again, the role models for players, this is, this is brilliant. You know, I coach a few um, young girls as well at the moment, um, you know, on a more individual basis. And it's almost like now I have a reference point for them. So now if I'm working with a centre forward and it's like, you know, you could be the next Frank Kirby, for example, or if I'm working with a defender, they might be the next Steph Horton or Leah Williamson or or whatnot. Um, you know, players, you know, if they're wingers, they can be the next Lauren James or chloe williams or you know something like that so all of a sudden you know they've got these they've got people that they can latch on to um you know the same with you know if i'm coaching boys and it's like you know center forward you know you could be the next harry kane or or something like that so all of a sudden these conversations now are becoming a bit more of the norm um and and you know it's 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 fantastic um i think in terms of bringing that the the women's game to that next level bringing it to light um and giving it the the exposure that it really needs um because i think it's all good people talking about you know the rise of women's football the rise of women's football and everything like that but it's actually taken you know the likes of barclays to sponsor the league the you know now with sky and bbc having a real real commitment to to showing live games they're now investing in it um as i mentioned earlier and yeah i'm i don't know too much about women's football i must admit um but Obviously, I'm kind of learning on the job kind of thing. But now it's given me that platform now to start to become a bit more invested in it just by being on um, being on Sky and, and BBC. And, you know, if you have got yeah. a, 
a dodgy kind of men's game that you wouldn't really want to watch you might actually switch over now and watch watch a women's game because you know chances are it's more than likely to be to be live on on tv i think no completely agree um i'm hoping to the point where like i mentioned like if i forget about the men's football it's just like okay i'm coming home to watch like this live game that's a woman's football game instead of saying ah you know what this game this men's game is dead let me just revert back so that because it, it, it comes to a point where I, I actually want to. I think this is a testament to you mentioned, you know, Barclays and other sponsors coming in to invest in it. I think this is a testament to the players out there continuing to perform at a really high level of quality. Like, if you compare it to other leagues around the world, like I would consider WSL to be probably one of the best three leagues in the world. Um, obviously, we've had our debate uh, off the record regarding, you know, which leagues uh, are the best, but WSL is definitely up there top three um so this is a testament to the players um kind of like performing we know it's not as fast paced as the men's game but the quality is still there like these are players who are professional they understand the game and they're able to put on the performance um so and i think the, the, that's what sponsors have now seen to be able to make that commitment i don't think you wouldn't place that you know, investment unless the quality wasn't there. So, yeah, that's a testament to the players. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And um, actually, I was at the the Women's North London derby um, last season yeah. at, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, um, which saw a record crowd of almost 40,000 for, you know, at, at that particular game. Um, and, I mean, the day itself, it was very... I think women's football has got this family orientated kind of vibe and feel to it which is uh which is really really good um in terms of you know your your match day experience it is all about you know in, being inclusive and you know almost having the family there um you know ticket prices were really were, were fairly cheap as well so it, it is that okay if you can't go to watch you know your the men's uh team play if, if your club has one that is um you know come and watch us you know we're we're just as good in terms, as you mentioned, in terms of a standard. Um, but you know, we, you know, prices aren't exactly astronomical. Um, you know, I think a family of four could have gone for like twenty pound or something, um, which is really, really wow. good. Um, and the only, the only kind of downside I think from that particular day, and I don't know if this is me just being me or, you know, what I'm used to um watching men's football, but you did have some Arsenal fans in the Tottenham end, and it was kind of like sitting side by side, and I was a bit like. <laughs> hold on a minute, this is Derby day. Like, I don't know if I was expecting a similar vibe to perhaps uh, a Tottenham Arsenal game in the, in the, yeah. in the men's, like obviously the, the men's Premier League, but um, yeah, it just felt a little bit, a little bit strange, but I guess, you know, women's football has to start from somewhere. Obviously they had that massive hateous way back when, um, when women were banned from, from playing football. Um, and now to see where the women's game is, um, and where it could potentially go now with this with this deal, I think is really really exciting. Um, you know, for those that work in the women's game, for those that have even played, and you know, generations that have gone before, it's like those are the, almost the trailblazers. They've paved the way for this for this to happen. And I think you were spot on in terms of the fact that the quality has to be there for sponsors to invest, and it's it's testament to to players that um, are playing in in the women's version of football that, um, you know, that sponsors are now looking at it going, this is a viable product because that's how companies view most things really. It's a viable product, viable branding. 
um, and now they're, they're hopefully yeah. going to elevate it and take it take it to that next level. So, yeah, no, spot on, I think, with that, Nelson. Um, and obviously, as well, I think the clubs in the – or the English performance, shall we say, in the in the Champions League um, has been has been really, really good, especially over the last few years. Obviously, City have been up there um, in and around Chelsea, Chelsea. as well. Yeah. Um, so, English clubs have been doing – been doing really really well in in that respect so i think that is potentially again another reason why why sponsors um have, have come in and, and looked at it but um yeah and then obviously you've got clubs such as, as man united coming up um and looking to challenge i think you know the likes of chelsea arsenal and city towards the top end of of the league yeah. so hopefully you know the league will become a bit more a bit more competitive and we get you know a, almost similarly a top six in the women, yeah. in the women's league, yeah. potentially what we've got in the in the men's. So I think, like you said, it's really really exciting time uh, for women's football, and just hopefully it can uh, it can continue. Um, hundred percent. Another thing that just came to mind as you were, you were speaking and expanding upon the point, I think I had mentioned obviously a couple of examples in terms of you know punditry and Alex Scott and Karen Kenny also you know giving their opinions on the men's game, but one positive I think that this brings is the opportunity for Sky now or BBC when they are doing coverage of these women's Super League games is actually have an all women's panel like across the board a women's host you've got even people working behind the scenes in production all of this just all women like I think that is an empowering like a big statement out there so I wanted to get your thoughts do you think that's something that these broadcasters should try and do, you know, moving forward, like, you know, because it creates obviously more a job, more job opportunities for a woman to come in and now be part of, you know, the, 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 the sporting landscape. What's your view on this? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Obviously, you'd hope that um, when it comes to things such as, you know, broadcasting and um, punditry productions and all of those kind of things, you would hope it's the best person for the job, essentially. Um, yeah, yeah, that's but true. I think I think as well the the value of having say an all female um, panel would be so so powerful because there might be girls watching that potentially may not want to go into football but they're kind of just playing it at the minute to play with their friends. They might want to become a TV presenter. So if they see that female there, you know, whether that's a, a Gabby Logan, for example, that, that's doing the BBC ones, or a Kelly Summers, for example, a Reshmin Chowdhury, um, you know, somebody like that. Again, it's it's all that all about those role models and um, and for for girls and, and women to have that there, I think again will be very very powerful because you know they can aspire to be somebody that's on TV. Um, and then you know they might have conversations with mum and dad about you know oh mum dad I want to be I want to be like that person there you know I want to be the next uh, Kelly Summers or Reshman Chowdhury on TV you know I want to present how do I do it and then you know mum and dad might have a chat with them and and say about how they can how they can do that um, but no certainly I do see the value and the power of having that all female that all-female um, panel and, and, and stuff. Um, and I think as well, you touched on analysis earlier. I think that will be that will be key. I think it'll actually be quite eye-opening for a lot of people because yeah, um, obviously women are built slightly differently than men. So we might actually get a bit more insight into um, 
you know, the way almost the female body works from a sporting context um, than yeah, we do yeah. um, from, from the male pundits. But then half the time, the male pundits don't know what they're on about. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, again, I think with that insight almost into, you know, what might potentially be happening, um, you know, from, from those that have recently perhaps just played the game or have played the game, um again getting that that insight i think will be eye-opening i think it will be invaluable as well because um you know for for coaches that that do coach girls or women's teams it there are subtle differences uh, yeah between between the two um in terms of you know comparing it to the boys game um but yeah i think it's about kind of understanding those those differences as well and i think obviously if you getting those those female pundits on there then um you know i think we might understand it a little bit better um than than what we do currently but i think as well obviously if sky is showing it more than likely going to have highlights as well on sky sports news um throughout the day um yeah most people in sport tune into and watch so again i think that will be massive in terms of in terms of the exposure uh for the game i don't know if you wanted to add anything to that or get your thoughts on the the women female panels yeah i think like like i've it's been a breath of fresh air especially because i know i'm I'm an arsenal fan and seeing alex scott there she was that arsenal team that she was part of that in that was like my introduction to women's football as a young boy like seeing the likes of kelly smith her Rachel Yankee, all these ballers coming through. And I'm like, wow. I mean, obviously Arsenal was so dominant back then, but it was my introduction to see how women play. And I really like, like I mentioned about investors, uh, you know, a sponsor, sorry, investing because of the quality. Like I saw quality back then and I don't think that's disappeared completely. Obviously it's had its ups and downs, but it's still remained there now. It's going even further up. So um, yeah, like you said, it would be so empowering, such a big statement to have an all-female panel out there um, with diversity because we haven't even touched on the fact that now not just in terms of you know broadcasting matches but there's actually shows out there investing in women's football and we myself and you probably yourself more um, we obviously paid attention to uh, Ultimate Goal the TV series which gave a platform to um, females to come in and potentially get that professional contract there so um, yeah, it, it's just a, a big plus, like not just seeing it, you know, via matches and analysis and coverage, it's accessible everywhere. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, but ultimate goal, I'll let you explain a bit more regarding that and, um, you know, how that kind of came about and the importance of that, really. I guess the importance of that show as well. Yeah. So for those that, that did miss it, um, firstly, you missed an unbelievably great series. Um, not only for women's football, but for football in general, you missed a great series. So if anybody remembers the the football icon or football's next star type shows that were on Sky One um, and you had, um, you know, so a, a squad, if you like, of players that were, at, I think with, with football icon, it was Chelsea. Uh, football's next star was Inter Milan. Um, and they would train um, with the hope of signing a, a professional contract um, for either Chelsea or Inter, depending on which one it was. Um, ultimate goal was something a little bit similar to that. It was almost like the women's version of it, if you like. Um, it was held at St George's Park um, 
And yeah, there was a squad of, I think it was about 30 girls um, that trained at St. George's Park. Um, you know, had the likes of uh, Rose and Millie, um, Kamita, you had Rachel Brown Finnis, Annie Luco, all on the coaching staff there. They had little masterclasses. Um, so ex, ex pros or even certain uh, pros that are still playing now. You had Jill Scott, Farrah Williams, Peter Crouch, uh, Jens Lehman all coming in. Freddie Jumberg, another one that came in and done done little masterclasses. And um, yeah, I think it was two weeks. Um, it was pretty intense um, in terms of the actual show. I mean, the show itself lasted about six weeks, but I think in total it was it was around a two week um, a two week training camp. And uh, at the end of it, the the girls ended up playing Birmingham City. Uh, I think they played a development squad there with the hope of again signing a, a contract either with a professional club um, or with a, a sports agency. Um, and yeah, I absolutely loved it. It was one of those things um, that, you know, I think I was messaging you going ultimate goals on tonight, ultimate goals on tonight. It was, <laughs> it was literally part of my, my weekly routine. Um, and yeah, I think I was in, probably invested in it a bit more personally. I knew some of the, some of the girls in there, you know, Amber Taylor, who was one of the goalkeepers, Ruth Fox, who shared her amazing, amazing story. Yes, um, yes, yes so so powerful and you know I, know I know Ruth really really well so Ruth if you're watching hello um hopefully get have you for a session soon um as well and uh Georgia Stevens um who was somebody that uh me and Nelson come across from our, our experiences at, at UCFB so again Georgia and also Amber if you are watching or listening uh hello to you guys um and, and as well you, you were all in fact all of the girls there were were, were yeah. really, really good and the, some of the stories were, were really really touching um but they again were, I think that that tv show was was just brilliant um you know you're getting an insight into people um into people's lives and people's stories obviously I mentioned Ruth uh sharing her story and it was quite interesting actually because just before she went um she I was just having a casual conversation with her and she told me a little bit about what was going on. And I was almost a bit taken aback. I was like, what, what's going on here? Um, and I was like, obviously it sounds really, really good. And, you know, was keeping, keeping in touch with her throughout the, the, uh, the process of watching ultimate goal, but I absolutely loved the, uh, loved the TV show. I'm hoping that they bring out another one um, and they do it soon. Yeah. Cause I think the exposure that it gave again to, um the the women's game was fantastic obviously you've got you know some some really i would say key people within the women's the women's field the women's game um obviously the twins rose and millie kamita really really strong presence in terms of media um you've got any aluko centurion for england rachel brown finnis ex-england goalkeeper um you had farrah williams again at somebody's won over 100 cats for england um Jill Scott, who's who's played recently again, has just got over a hundred caps for England. Been been around forever, forever it seems. Jill Scott, but you know she's still she's still going strong. Um, yeah, and I just think the exposure that gave. Um, obviously, it was great it being at St George's Park. Um, you know, the home of the home of England, um, almost the home of football, if you like. Um, you know, with some world class facilities. But um, yeah, I just think that show in itself was absolutely brilliant. Um, and like I say, I hope they bring out another another series of it because the first one was was absolutely brilliant. And even but then off the back of that, Nelson, as well, like you're seeing these girls and you're, you're seeing their stories and how good. And it's almost like, right, I want to 
I want to say follow them on social media to kind of keep up with them and you know see their yeah. see their journey yeah. after after the show. Um, so yeah. I think as well that in itself was really really powerful because you know like I say off the back of it you're wanting to see the progression of these girls, you know, life after after that TV show. Exactly. You 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 put that. That's why I let you explain it because obviously I know you watched it more than me but I could definitely recommend after watching I think the first three or four episodes that I watched it was thoroughly entertaining like you mentioned the stories I think that that relatability on a human level was really important I think that was a really touching um, and powerful um, kind of element throughout each episode because it was kind of different there was a different story um, each episode so that was something that was really good and yeah Ruth if you're watching hello powerful story amazing strong person um but yeah 100 we tell you to go watch uh ultimate goal for you if you can um and hopefully yeah they do release a second series but that's what we were just expanding on you know this exposure of this deal you know the fact that this deal will do stuff like that and um yeah we can't wait for what, what what's up next um yeah any, anything else you wanted to add um or I think, Nelson, that wraps it up for today. So, guys, thank you ever so much for listening and watching. Um, yes. Our thoughts on women's football, as, as I mentioned, um, I'm not uh, overly stacked, if you like, on women's football knowledge. I am learning as I go through my, my life, my coaching life, my coaching journey, and as well being a fan of football. Um, yeah. as well um, I might have to start switching allegiances from the the men's Tottenham team to the women's team it might give me less stress <laughs> and I might be able to to save some grey hairs uh, going forward um, but I think you know the important thing is is that we are having conversations like this um, yes. regarding um, not only just football and sport in general but the women's game as well and giving it the rightful exposure that we feel that it needs so as I get, like I say Thank you ever so much for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I know me and Nelson certainly did. Um, yes, yes, 100%. Getting, it, getting a conversation out there and a topic out there regarding women's football. Um, make sure you like this video um, on YouTube. Comment your thoughts um, if there's anything that potentially we missed um, on women's football. Like I say, we aren't pros on the women's game, so we are kind of learning on the job, so bear with us on that. Um, and comment as well for any topics you would like us to cover in in the future um make sure you subscribe as well we finally did it people we hit 100 subscribers on youtube thank you ever so much for every 100 subscribers that we've had keep supporting um it means a lot to myself and nelson um as well but yeah keep keep showing us some love um and hopefully we will get some more um some more subscribers um, and, and whatnot as well along the way. Um, don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms that include Spotify as well. So at WM32 football for all of those. And don't forget with the return of grassroots football less than a week away, you can get your own WM32 football merchandise for your next session. So guys head over to our online shop uh, to get yourself kitted out for the return of grassroots football, www.wm32football.com forward slash shop uh, for, for all of that as well. And we are taking bookings as well for sessions, for our individual sessions and our mini kicking session as well in partnership with Willem Football Club based in Milton Keynes. So if you are watching and you would like a session, 
or if you are listening and you would like a session, uh, please head over to the website, uh, again, www.wn32football.com and get yourself booked in. Right, Nelson, thank you ever so much for your time. Stay safe and we'll hopefully see you all soon. Thank you very much. Stay safe, everyone.